Okay, so we're here, it's happening people, episode two of Untold Creations with your host, Izzy Ryder. It's so lovely to be back. Only last week did I actually launch this product project and um, I can honestly say I was taken aback by all the feedback, all the positive vibes, all the lovely comments, the Instagram stories, the reposts, the DMs. It's been really actually quite overwhelming and I just want to say on episode two, thank you so much to everyone that's listened on Anchor, on Spotify. Um, it's coming to iTunes soon. I think Anchor um, is quite slow with iTunes regarding ratings and especially if you're a new podcast it can take some time to like distribute out onto the bigger the bigger boys like iTunes so hold tight for that one um but with all of that said here we are again um sat on beanbags so apologies if we shift and um you know move around I'm here with one of my newest and most dearest and most treasured friends girlfriends Mm -hmm. (laughs) Victoria Winter hello hello um Vic Vic and I actually work together at Tala Tala is a lighting brand based in Hackney and we only met about four months ago and it's four months crazy how time has flown and how we have connected on many many a different level um but so far I'd just like to say it's been an absolute pleasure knowing you and getting to know you at work and outside of work and you really are one of my um closest girlfriends as 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 it comes (laughs) and yeah I just want to say I'm really excited to talk to you and every day that me and Vic hang out at work whether it's making tea together in the morning or going on lunch or even coming around for a glass of wine I'm constantly learning about her I'm constantly learning um who she is what she finds interesting what we have in common what we don't have in common and it's so refreshing being a young adult and, and, you know, meeting new people. We both went to the same university, the Umbrella, which is University of the Arts London. I went to Chelsea. She went to Camberwell. And yeah, I mean, we just have so much in common. And from the bottom of my heart, really, um, it's been so fun. Getting, it has been. Getting to know you. It's been lovely. It has. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's pleasure is all mine. <laughs> so I'm, early on. I feel quite nervous. No, don't be. I'm nervous. I'm exposing <laughs> what I know to the world, but I suppose it's the only way you get there, isn't it? Absolutely. But also I'd like to say that this, again, this episode is about similarly to what me and Gabriel spoke about last week, which is following your gut and making decisions as a young creative in London, in a city where everything is at your fingertips. How do you make decisions? How do you follow your gut? And I honestly believe that Victoria and I have made similar decisions, but also dived into different worlds of regret and Mm. fun and mischief. So, <laughs> with all that said, um, Victoria, let's just um, take a sip Go of wine. Take a sip of wine and, and cheers to our friendship. <laughs> clink, clink. Did it? <laughs> I don't know. Did you get it? I don't know if they heard a clink. <laughs> so, would you like to just um, open open the gates into who okay. who you are and what you're about? Um, God, it's such a broad question. Um, well, my name's Victoria. I am a London girl born and bred. Very proud to say. I feel like that's quite a rarity nowadays. <laughs> um, and I grew up in Acton uh, and then on to Watford. So uh, I'm a north of the river. Um, and I studied art. Art is where I found my kind of calling, so to speak. Um, and yeah. 
Amazing. Art, art was your calling. What do you mean? Was your, is your family arty? Where did you kind of... Actually, you know what? Surprisingly, no. But I have a really weird memory of the, the moment that I thought actually that's what I want to do was because we were I was I think it was like year three and we were all drawing uh you know Henry VIII Mm. and um we were all drawing like the different wives for some reason fuck knows why (laughs) such a piece of shit when you have a look back at it but what school in general (laughs) oh just sometimes I just think what the hell was I doing (laughs) but we were all asked to draw these Tudor wives and everyone was so good at it everyone was amazing Mm -hmm. And I just, I just didn't want to draw a Catherine of Aragon. I just wanted to draw something different. Mm-hmm. So I drew Catherine of Aragon with big eyes and big lips and crazy hair and just did her how I wanted to draw her. Aragon Kardashian. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had a lip job. Um, and my teacher came up to me and then she pulled my mum to a side after school. And then it was only till about two years ago that my mum actually told me what mrs farnworth if you're listening big up um <laughs> in what she actually told me she goes your your daughter looks at the world differently and your daughter looks at the world in a creative way wow and she was like and channel that in her wow everybody in the class drew what they saw yeah it was very samey but vicky didn't draw what she saw right vicky drew from her head right that's why I'm booky as fuck. Okay, good. <laughs> Amaz- amazing. And did, so the, did your mum and dad channel that then? I, I, the, the great thing about my parents, I think, which I've always, always adored, is that my mum and dad have never, ever pushed anything. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for that because even as a kid, they were just like, just go for what you think. Go what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Go do what you want to do. And we'll help you get there. There was a couple of things, you know, like... Obviously, you've got to get your A-Bs and Cs, maths, English and science. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I, I decided to do GCSE art and then I just went from there. Mm. And luckily, my mum was just... My mum and dad were just happy for me to do it. And I think... I think more. I think art is a thing that is very neglected in a lot of children's education nowadays. A lot of people aren't, aren't being told to do it. And I think that it's really, really important. No, absolutely. I mean, I, my mum and dad are creative, as I said in the other podcast, and they always forced me to draw as a child. I always had sketchbooks when we travelled, and like, it was drawing and expressing yourself on paper was a really big part yeah, of my childhood, and also making things as well. I remember being about six, and my mum and dad had just bought a brand new printer and gotten loads of paper on the dining room table, and they were watching TV, and I went in and I used all the paper and I made a real life sized pram, like a buggy, for my mm-hmm. doll out of paper and sellotape and they came How and they were like do like rolling it up like making it and putting it into different shapes like yeah it was crazy and then when I was like 12 would make um turn my shoe boxes into architectural floor plans and my dad gave me his favorite one which had a mezzanine floor <gasps> on my graduation Shut up. yeah Love it. two years ago he gave it to me and I started crying because I couldn't <gasps> believe he kept it well naturally you would <clears throat> um that's yeah. lovely. No, it's quite interesting. So, yeah. did, did, you know, you have brothers and sisters, right? Yes, I've got an, I've got a lovely one person that I look up so much to. It's my lovely old sister Jo, mm-hmm. um, and she is she studied uh, history okay. at the University of Hull, um, and she's in, like incredibly intelligent. She is where I get my like book nerdiness from. She um, she reads 
like 20 books a month I <laughs> wow she's a like massive like any kind of period drama or um bbc documentary she's already seen it mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. um which i love and then my little brother he's actually a funny story he is only uh, 10 months younger than me because my mum pretty much popped me out and then <laughs> got another one in her wow and he's basically my twin um and he is uh he's a fully trained chef no way yeah amazing so where's he based he's he's based with my mum and dad as well okay cool they're in Watford now Mm -hmm. um yeah so fully trained chef and he loves it I mean chef like making you know you studying art um and following your dreams of you know being a designer one day and your sister studying history was it history of art or just history sorry drinking then um yeah just history just history okay yeah but I mean all of these things you know they're not maths or they're not a science and I'm not saying anything's wrong with that not at all but they are definitely cultural or creative subjects do you know what I mean you've you've obviously all Mm. three of you have got some a creative gene somewhere yeah we've got like well the thing is my granddad used to draw all the time and he drew his I've got his sketchbook and he's got a little sketchbook of um sketches of me and my brother like swinging on swings and going on the seesaw as kids it's like really you know simple stuff but I think we've always just been a family of always picking jobs or having a well-being about ourselves that is surrounded by people and doing something that's not kind of very self-centered or like mm-hmm. methodical we mm-hmm. always do stuff that's surrounded by people so for instance my brother he likes cooking he likes cooking for people likes being sociable whereas my sister She's history because she wants to know about the world. Mm. She's curious about how people live. And then I'm creative because I like to create work or get involved in what people are doing and get interested in. And I'm incredibly sociable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where my mum and dad sit is because my mum and dad own a business. Um, And their whole business, honestly, they're they were it was very, very slow from a really, really long period of time there. They own a... um, car garage together amazing where in Watford yeah yeah yeah. in Watford it used to be in Wembley um but it was um yeah it used to be in Wembley and now it's in Watford now but yeah I think the reason why they they made their own business is because my dad the whole reason why their business has got big is because of the fact that they want to please people Mm -hmm. they want to get fix things they want to fix things they want to make things better they want to get involved in what people want they're not they're not the kind of people that just want to sit behind a computer and just kind of do nothing and just be involved in what they want to do they're so interested and and to be honest respectful Mm. of how people are and I really value that and I really feel like that's what they fed to me is that you can you don't have to judge anyone by what they're wearing or what they look like. You can just get involved with and help people whatever way. Oh, absolutely, fun. absolutely. I, th- I think, you know, it's really good to have people awareness and, and um, you know, being relatable is really, really important, especially being young and being in a city mm. and, and growing up in London. I think that definitely, definitely, definitely helps with those skills. And I think, des- you know, if you are a London born and bred, um, mm. you know, that, that definitely shines through in your personality. The more I get to know you, it's 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 definitely definitely in the jeans (laughs) yeah I feel like Londoners like they have a very understanding but spicy Mm, nature about them yeah I'd say a bit of spice um can you say your your best East London twang slang sentence oh 
Mine's get out of my pub. <laughs> oh, it's so cliche. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, oh, what could I say? I tell you what, actually, that's a funny story. Um, one of the first, I went, my boyfriend at the moment, I've been with him for three years, love him to absolute bits. But hey, he, Matt. Hey, Matt. I hope you're listening. <laughs> um, he, one of the first things he said to me was, um, your accent is through the roof because he's from up north he's from Sheffield big up Sheffield love that place um one of the first things he said to me was that I can't even understand you <laughs> and it's because when I was at uni when I, I studied fine art and um I was in my first year at uni and we lived in this really grotty uh really <laughs> it was really gross hashtag um, grotty hashtag grotty yeah that's a bit <laughs> London that um in this tiny tiny little house in Peckham and just behind Peckham Library, I love Peckham as well. It's just one of the one of the most amazing places to grow, um, grow as a young adolescent. I think just trying to discover what you want to do, or what you're about, or what kind of person you want to become. Peckham was great. And I said to Matt, "Oh, I, I live next to my house. We live behind a morgue." And Matt <laughs> went, "What the fuck's a morgue?" And he was like, "You mean a morgue?" You mean you're talking about a mug? And I went, no, a mug. But actually, I think normal people say mug. Mug. Yeah. But I would say mug. Mug. <laughs> but I'd also actually say record. <laughs> Not record. 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 Sounds so. So. What, what would you say? Record. I say yeah. We were recording. Record. <laughs> <laughs> I do love you. <laughs> so going back to your mum and dad quickly, um, what's their background? So my mum, she, I actually, she didn't do a degree. Mm -hmm. no, 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 both my parents don't have degrees. Um, and my mum grew up in Eltham um, and she uh, didn't even go to college. She uh, left school at 16 and then she just got a job in Woolworths if anybody's listening that remembers Woolworths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember Woolworths. I think they still got it in Australia, actually. Really? Yeah. Why I think it's Australia? Still I don't know, it's really weird. I, I might be really wrong, but I think I'm really right. <laughs> that conviction. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, she got a job in Woolworths and then uh, she got a job in the civil service and she was an usher for a really long time and then she met my dad. Cool. Um, she loved working for civil service. She loves kind of... She, she would never be a barrister because I think that's quite quite a tough job and she's not that kind of person she's very positive um and she's the, the she hates confrontation mm -hmm. and I think being a barrister you have to kind of really set aside your anything personal mm. and you have to be really business have a really big business head on you yeah it's quite and hard my mum runs off her emotions but I don't think that's a bad thing I think she's that's the kind of person she is and she's lovely for that mm. um and then, then she met my dad, and then she, my dad was like, do you want to be my accountant for my car company? <laughs> Amazing. And do you want to be manager and a finance and, you know, this, that and the other, and then the rest is history. Amazing. My dad went to college, did mechanics, didn't go, to, didn't go uni either. So he, oh, he is a mechanic, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a mechanic, yeah, wow. yeah. Wow, has been all his life. All of his life. Wow. Absolutely fucking obsessed with cars. <laughs> like, I'm not What's his joking. dream car? I think... To be fair, we actually share the the dream car. Oh, you have it already? Um, we do. I think he bought it from a shell. 
Okay. And fixed it up. It took him, I think, about 35 years to <laughs> fix up. Is the Porsche 356. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm trying to picture it in my brain. Um, I'm not a very... Any keen car nerds listening it's a be- it's it's a very kind of it's a little bit it has a bit of a spin on the vw beetle it's a bit uh fiat 500 old <laughs> old boy-esque cute um, what kind of is it it's in it's in a lovely cream oh it's like a bit of a creamy nude i like creamy nude like cars. a custard yeah i like that and it's got like a tan leather interior it's oh. gorgeous and it makes a brum 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 a brum 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 Makes a, a real big. I love a car that makes like a really big grustle when you turn her on. <laughs> I like a good car with a good horn. Oh, like, oh yeah, oh. yeah. I hate cars that like you've, you've got road rage. I'm talking like I drive. I don't drive, but my mum is like been driving since she was ten. And we used we used to have this Skoda, and she used to beep. She used to get road rage and go, and it was like so pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got a Renault, I think. The one that was like, I see you, baby. Shaking at us. <laughs> that uh, Rene McGann, and it's got a honker. It was like, Mrrr. so like, people know that you're pissed off. Are you going to open the wine? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to open the wine, or would you like a S- sip of mine? Screw, it's a screw top, guys. We're, yeah. we're, we're cheap. It's, it's, a, it's a screw top. Actually, you know what? Um, it's a, a butcher, butcher my Spanish. It's a, a Rasso de la Cruz a 2017 red from. Expertly blended by Marks and Spencer. It's not just any wine. It's not just any wine. It's Marks and Spencer's it's wine. Della, it's Della fucking Cruz, mate. <laughs> okay, it's so brilliant. we're on to your education. So your uni days. Yes. So um, what did you study? Where did you study? Why did you choose it? And how did you make that decision? I did sixth form at uh, my school and my, my A-levels were art, uh, psychology and media and I was kind of sitting on those and I was thinking I actually don't want to apply um for a degree I just didn't I didn't it didn't call for me and initially I was like I don't want uni Uh, the idea of going back back into education makes me feel sick I wanted money um and I thought to myself like what do I want to want to do in the meantime so I got a job at TK Maxx Mm mm-hmm uh, £5.35 an hour. No way. No How many joke. years was this ago? Uh, God, five, six years ago now, because I'm 23 wow. now. I think I, I started HMC, HM- no, seven years ago. Seven I years ago. got my first job at, when I just turned 16 in HMV in Canary Wharf. <laughs> but I got paid £6.10p, I remember. Yeah. It's not. TK Maxx, a bit stingy. I know. Let's hope they've upped their so, prices. Yeah, I really hope they have. I started <laughs> as a Christmas temp and just and just was a till chick. Did four hours on a Saturday. Got like, you know, 20 quid a week. But, you know, that was better than nothing. Did that for a bit and then I thought, right, I've got to get my act together. I've got to sort something out. And I thought I want to, I want to, I want to carry on painting. I want to carry on drawing. I want to carry on making sculptures and putting making clothes and just anything to do with my hands Mm -hmm. and to do with my brain Mm -hmm. I wanted just to just just to fill that box so I applied for uh, Camberwell College of Art got their foundation course how did you hear about Camberwell um it was my uh A-level art teacher she said there's University Artists London yeah um and they're really good 
yeah. in, in that hub of, you know, Central St. Martins, Campbell College of Arts, Chelsea, Chelsea where I went, yeah. College of Art, Wimbledon College of Art. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's one more in there. A London College of Fashion. London College of Fashion. Um, and the idea of going, I thought about going out of London, but the idea of going out of it when this was the central hub of art and design, mm-hmm. I thought there's no point. And I have such a, I, I, I couldn't leave it. Mm-hmm. I, I really could, I couldn't. The, the idea of, I, I love northern cities, I really do. But the idea of leaving London makes actually what makes me want to break my heart. <laughs> when, whilst you were working at TK Maxx, were you also doing other things on your weekend, like going to the Tate or, you know? Yeah, re- constantly. Okay, yeah. so was that, also, was that also fueling your want to maybe start yeah, creating so again full time? I, I did TK Maxx in the summer. Okay. While I was deciding what I wanted to do. And then that's when I decided, right, get your act together. Let's do a foundation course. And then... What was that pinnacle point where you made that decision to do that? Can you remember or not? It's funny. I, I find that a lot of my decision making, which I think is probably not a very good thing, but I'll say it anyway, is that some, I feel like something bad has to happen. And then that, for some reason, that makes you realise, oh, I need to change that. Like, for instance, that's why I was like, I was working at TK Maxx and that man shouted at me because apparently I didn't give him the right receipt or I fuck knows. He had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Just um, people in general, really. Yeah, just, just, just <laughs> custom, anyone who's worked in retail or customer service just knows that people are just <laughs> crap. Um, and I just thought, oh, I'm just so, you just got to pick yourself up and go, I'm so much better than mm. just being this. No, I could def- I can definitely agree with you, but it's also certain things like, you know, it could be you've seen something at an exhibition or you've gone into a shop and seen something that's beautifully made and you hold it and you get this warm feeling and you're like, I want to make something like that. Like sometimes I look at buildings when I was studying architecture, I'd go into like the Serpentine Summer Gallery or, um, you know, something that's like a pop-up, like a pavilion, and I'd be like... I want to create something like this. I want my name to be on that board that says this, you know, summer serpentine um, exhibition was designed by mm-hmm. Isabella Ryder or something. And, and I always had those moments when I was a student or making little decisions that were going to impact my future. Mm-hmm. That made my decision for me. Mine more stemmed from actually knowing, not actually feeling so much so inspired but actually making the decision of knowing your worth mm. and knowing that knowing to, it's actually okay to feel proud. It's okay to say, oh, you know what? I actually am, I'm worth better than this. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't need to work this job or mm-hmm. I don't need to be surrounded by these people who are crap to me. I know my worth and I know when to, I pick and choose what, what things I want around me. Mm-hmm. And even if... Even if, you know, my, I don't want my name in shining lights, but I know that working at TK Maxx is not my... Yeah, it wasn't going to help you move forward. Well, exactly. 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 And it's not also just for your own self-worth, it's also for your well-being. I think it's so important to stay positive, it's so important to keep your mind healthy. Keeping your mind healthy keeps you happy. People search for, and you shouldn't search for happiness. She never should, but that's that's a deep road. We don't want to get into the certain happiness <laughs> shit. Do you think, just going back to being a Londoner, do you think that London has served you that happiness? What is it about London that kept you here? As you know, you had the opportunity to go to Sheffield or Manchester or Leeds or Birmingham. So did I. Mm. I stayed in London because I've only been here 14, 15 years from you know doing a little bit of school in Australia. I was born in Manchester, um, but there was no way I was going to go to Manchester Uni. 
I wanted to stay in London because, like you said, it was the it was the cultural hub. Yeah, just yeah, the people, the culture, what was going on, the events. You know, you hear about something first, you hear about it in London. Exactly. I wanted to be at the first step. I wanted to be the footfall of everything that was happening here now forward okay. i was young mm-hmm. and when you're young that's what i think that's what you search for you want you want to experience everything and anything and i felt like that if i went to falmouth uni i wasn't going to experience that and i'm naturally drawn to urban places mm-hmm. and places that are just thriving with energy yeah and people people argue that you know countryside is full of energy but for me personally that's what i connect to most i'm on the same level as you are Mm. Um, so you chose Camberwell and what did, yeah. you, what did you study? So I initially, like I said, did a foundation uh, course. So that's just for a year. And that's you, you, kind of basically what you have to do if you want to kind of get into any any fine art degree or, or architectural degree, you might have to do a foundation course. Yeah, I did a BTEC and then yeah, a foundation. diploma. Yeah, and then um, my three years. Yeah, it's, and I, honestly, I would recommend it to anyone because it really, um, it makes you if you don't know what kind of uh, pathway you want to do within art you do everything Mm. so for instance the blouse I'm wearing is the blouse I made in my foundation I know I can't believe it I'm wearing a mesh um, button up which is polka dot and I made it in my foundation course basically a collarless shirt in mesh with polka dots it's a bit and other stories it's (laughs) very I, I literally approached Vic this morning I was like girl it's cute. Is it from Under the Stories? And she was like, like, "Oh no, it's me." I actually made it. <laughs> I nearly um, poured my tea. What does over my? Like? It's, it's, my cup. it's hashtag me. It's hashtag me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I did fashion. I did film, three D, yeah, and uh, what was the other topic? It's just so at fun. Ravensbourne. It's sometimes web design. I think maybe digital photography, film, fashion, architecture, and photography. I think. Mm. Did I yeah, we did. Um, photography painting and drawing life drawing graphic design uh 3d design ceramics and fashion well no it wasn't fashion it was textiles and then print as well i yeah i I did the majority of that i didn't do fashion and i didn't do ceramics ravensbourne's much more digital oh really yeah um and then from there what did you choose to study so yeah, from there it was pretty much after you you do the, oh you do a gateway of everything, mm. and then you pick two that you want to specialise in. And I picked three D design and photography. Oh, you picked two. Yeah, you picked two. Interesting. Yeah. You okay. Two. Um, and I fell in love with my photography tutor. She is just was an absolute nut, but that's what I loved about her. So much life. Um, her name was Gail. Uh, she wore a North Face puff. And I always respect someone in a North Face puff. I don't know what it is. It's just like... <laughs> any, any form of puff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Any, and it's like even in like, you know, 38 degree heat in her North Face puff. <laughs> any gilet or puff wearers, mm. big up you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and she, mesh shirt wearers. Yeah, and then a, and a mesh shirt. Yeah. Polka dots. Let us know where you got it from. <laughs> um... <laughs> And that's what I remember. She wore a khaki green North Face puff and her name was Gail, which is not a great name. Give her that. But she had this sort of... She had... The, you know, actually, you know what it was? It wasn't actually about have her being who she was. It was actually the fact that she believed in me. Mm. And that sounds so corny. 
but she said to me she just kept saying to and she probably said it to every other kid but that's okay but she just said to me that you're going to go places you're going to do this you're going to do that and that's I love that and that's really important and I really think you should do that yeah absolutely and she challenged me on my crits she said why do you choose that why are you doing this why are you doing that and then also said to me that's great yeah that thing's great yeah and I think that's and that's why that's why I chose to do uh, I picked fine art photography and I went straight on to Camberwell College of Art I think it's really interesting you know um, me and Gabriel were saying in the previous episode that having someone that you know believes in you and you know his dad always said you know do what you've got to do to be happy and you know my turning point was Miss Harper at school when I did 3D design because I didn't do art GCSE I did 3D making woodwork and I created the sun lounger chair out of bendy MDF and oh my, my God, did you yeah, yeah, when I was How did you 15. It, it was did already you grooved. No, it was already grooved. You grooved it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen that. Um, Miss Harper, and uh, she believed in me. Every lesson, this is amazing, and then would come and give me extra hours after work, let, you know, let me finish my models, you know. Mm-hmm. Ha- always having encouragement, I think, is so, so important, especially with self-development. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to hear that this teacher made you make that decision to choose that subject. That sometimes you, you walk away from people and they don't know the impact they've had. And that, that is so special I know and there's almost a part of me that's like I should find her email and just send her a quick one just be like look all right Gail hope life's treating you well (laughs) stay off the cigs um you know and we still got that jacket I want it yeah stay off the cigs and the Alabama slammers that's another story for another time we won't get into the Alabama slammers what the fuck is that um you don't want to fucking know it's blue um (laughs) nothing natural is blue people nothing natural um yeah i just i should just i should just wizard a quick one you should i would love to know what just, Ms. Harper, just where Ms. Cheers, Harper is. just cheers for just pushing just, you in the right direction she and this is what i always think as teachers and teachers do not get enough slack is that the, the especially the good ones is that they need to push you and they also need to encourage you in exactly the same amount yeah and they also need to use socially they're intuitive as to understand the the type of student that will excel with being pushed and also will excel with being encouraged but i think that is just a people skill in general and if you can read people that's a that's a great fucking skill to have and to utilize and Mm -hmm. i think even places like apple they teach you in the training how to read a customer straight away and it's yeah. so interesting. I'm obsessed with body language. Um, and yeah, it's... It, it's oh, it, what do you think of my body language now? Um, well, I'm very in. So I've got my leg up. I'm slunk, slumped over my leg, meaning mm. I'm involved in this conversation. So I'm open. My legs are open. My yeah, hands are open. I'm very open. Um, whereas you're relaxed. You're back. Your head is propped with your hand up against the beanbag. You're very relaxed. Yeah. And you're, you're involved. But you're very, um, you're you're also very open, but you're not as... I don't think I'm as open as you. You're not as open as me, but that's natural because I'm hosting this podcast. You're actually talking yeah. to me, so you shouldn't be maybe as um, mm. as upright and central as I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, here she is. She's going to be more open now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm shuffling around. <laughs> So second and third year at Camberwell, what did that bring you? And where were you in a frame of mind? Did so, you, what boyfriend did you have? What girlfriend did oh, you have? have what boyfriend. jeans were you wearing? 
Um, so I did I did one year of photography and absolutely hated it. <laughs> Interesting. And um, so sorry, just to get this straight, you did a foundation in multiple different topics. You then chose two topics, mm-hmm. which were fine art and photography. No, 3D design and photography. 3D design and photography. So is that a second year? So was your foundation two years? I'm getting confused because no. mine was a year. No, mine was a year. Okay. So in the first half, in the first term, you do everything. Yeah. And then the last two terms, you, you pick two years specialising. Yes, sorry. Okay, so at Ravensbourne, you do a year of everything and then a year of one topic, of which oh, wow. I did 3D design. Oh, wow. So some, some people, I could say to some people, I've done four years of architecture. Do you know what I mean? Because I did a foundation year of 3D and architecture mm. and then I did three years of architecture and interior design. Mm. Um, okay, and then, so then, then what did you choose? You hated photography. So, well, I didn't hate it. Um, I just, for some reason, I, I think it was probably kind of the course and a lot of the people that were on my course I couldn't really relate to. Um, I found there was not a lot of people, um, unfortunately, I don't like to say this, but actually work in class. Mm-hmm. Um that I feel that I could um, connect with Mm -hmm. and I felt I didn't make many friends and um, I think for some reason that damaged my relationship with the camera and the eye of the camera and channeling my creativity through that as that as a thing yeah a lens it's like a third eye isn't it third eye Mm. yeah it's a machine Mm. Um, and creating art through a machine I just didn't I I just I couldn't do I couldn't do and I felt I was I had a quite a a bit of episode of anxiety that I think everybody um can relate to and um yeah I just I lost my relationship with it um and I also lost the relationship with my boyfriend at that time okay um which was difficult but definitely something that needed to happen Mm -hmm. because we just grew apart um and he as you know first boyfriend childhood sweetheart but we just grew apart as people and um he was also creative into a lot of music so um yeah he was he was very dear to my heart but I wish him all the best but we were just weren't made for each other Mm -hmm. and whose decision was that to um Uh, we did it together go separate ways okay nice which was actually very sweet um we decided to um he 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 rang me up one day and just said Vic are you okay and I just you know and you just know mm. I heard it in his voice mm. and he just went Vic let's let, let's meet up and I went yeah yeah let's meet up Oh. and then we just hugged and we just said yeah I, I wish you all the best babes but like it's, it's just not meant to happen it's mm-hmm. just not like we just we just fell out of love and that's as sad as it is after four and a half years it's just what happens well that's quite a long relationship at a young age isn't it really long time okay so it all seemed to be going down downhill it was for me as well to be fair yeah just (laughs) I think especially there's there's a lot of things that I think you have to deal with when you go to uni is that you, you, I moved out. Mm-hmm. I joined a new course. I left all my friends. I left all my family. I left my boyfriend. I did everything all in one year. And everything just kind of, the walls came crumbling down. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of things socially that I need to deal with. Mm. And um, So you stayed in halls then? Yeah, so halls was, halls was first year. And then uh, luckily, um, in my second, I made friends with a, a few girls who were in the year below me. Um and they are uh, angels. And we, uh, there was, was a couple of people that we didn't know and a couple of people that I did. And we decided on my second year of uni, 
I swapped over from photography and I moved over to 3D design. Okay. And, and that uh, was another decision. Why did you make that decision? Um, because I read a book. <laughs> One out of four that you read in a week? Yeah, I read a book. <laughs> and I read... Um, I started learning about Bauhaus. Okay. And I, it was because I had a friend at Halls who was my only friend and he was a graphic designer and he did graphic design at Chelsea. And he said to me... Um, I'm learning about this. I'm learning about the Bauhaus School of Design. You know, this is a book. And I just had a quick flick through and I saw these like beautiful black and white images of like textures and interiors and like really strong architecture. And I saw this this building in Germany and it was the Bauhaus School of Design, which I think has actually burnt down. Has it? Yeah, I think the Bauhaus School of Design, because there's not, there's, it only, it only was around for, I think, for like 17 years or something, and then it went away. So all the students from the Bauhaus School of Design are like all amazing because very they, special, very special elite people because mm. they only, there was only a certain amount of people that actually went to that school in that, in that period of time. But my friend Laurie showed me the Bauhaus School of Design and I went, this is cool this is really cool mm -hmm. like th their ethos and how they how they understand things and how they how their teachings and the way they teach children was it a uni or a school it was it was a university but it was based around the, the fine arts mm -hmm. and its approach from fine art through design right okay and that's what we'll, we'll probably lead on to is about my degree and mm -hmm. about my final degree show which mm. was basically my whole dissertation was challenging how design can fit within the fine art world okay and whether whether design essentially can and functionally can become a piece of art and whether it should become a piece of art and why it should be art um but yeah basically um it's a it's a pretty wicked school would you have wanted to go oh yeah hundred percent love germany <laughs> so they're so methodical um with the way they work it's very structured and sometimes i think i work very well with structure yeah no i definitely say i work well with structure and pressure as well i think i work work mm. well under pressure me um so in your third year you were in the 3d design and furniture world Is yeah that yeah i was yeah um I discovered a very, very amazing and most, this is the the most inspirational um, design duo of all time and it's uh, Muller Van Severen. Okay. And you have to look this up because this shit is cute. Like this is my background on my phone. Yeah, you've already shown me that. I love um, it. Uh, they are just, a da they, I think they're Danish. Hang on, let me just refresh my mind. Um, but they are um, a design duo uh, husband and wife cute um, um fine Hugh uh, Muller and Hans van Severen uh, very um European names um and basically they the, their whole ethos is challenging whether design and they want design to become an artwork okay um and they don't and they want it to sit through function um and that's 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 my love of Bauhaus again about the the Bauhaus School of Design they followed followed function mm. whenever they designed anything function always follows I think that's quite Scandinavian though and yeah, I think and you massively. obviously just going way back to the beginning but your dad is Scandinavian as well yeah, right so correct. you are half yeah. Scandinavian yeah, so you you, ha you have 
you know, the streak of interest in you. I, I honestly believe that it's stars and genes that make you who you are. And um, it's really interesting. Like, you know, you should you should definitely look into your heritage. I don't know if you have, but I like, know, yeah. Well, finding out where you are and who you're from and, and how everything can can come full circle and it, it clearly has even in your interests. I know, I definitely think it's reached out to me that way. It's interesting, well, isn't it? I did... Um, I don't know if I told you, but I did an ancestry test. You know, we do the prick test and you find out like percentages of where you're from. Yeah, I really want to do that. Um, I would recommend it to anyone because it's super interesting. But I am like 60% from Sweden. Sweden! Um, and specifically actually from Stockholm. <laughs> Amazing. Which is great. Yeah, so IKEA. Is, IKEA. Uh, IKEA. It's actually IKEA. IKEA. Um, Tak-takers, thank you. Tak-tak, yeah. Yeah. I don't actually know a lot of a lot of uh, Swedish, um, but I think that's really from that heritage. Um, obviously, my dad loves cars and loves great, well thought out, functional design. Absolutely, yeah. And that's obviously where mine sits. As I love, I just appreciate everything that we sit on, that we breathe with next to mm-hmm. that what lights up our rooms, what we use functionally, non functionally. You know, the humble wine glass is as beautiful as the carpet that we walk on. I absolutely adore it. It's really interesting how you see how you see spaces as objects, you know. So you, you are a product designer, you're a furniture maker. Hopefully we'll get onto that fairly soon. Um, but I, I walk into spaces and see the, see the floor plan in my head. Oh, do you? Yeah, so I'm very architectural. I'm very... I can, like, uh, expand that wall right there. I can move that door to the right. I can move... I can I can flip <gasps> I this whole that. room 360 furniture-wise in my head because I understand the space. Yeah, see, that's where, that's where I lack. Right. I am obsessed with... See, I'm a Taurus, so it means that I'm very materialistic. But I'm a tourist. <laughs> I like objects and things, <laughs> and I like the way things look. And I like the way things look. And the way the way they look has to be because of how they function. Right. Yeah, I could say I'm very similar, actually. Mm. Yeah, but I, I definitely have architectural genes. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, I love that. Um, so going back to, to the duo, the design duo, how did you find those the, them? And, and, and was it the book about Bauhaus? Or did you keep reading about Bauhaus? Or were they included in the Bauhaus? Kind of like, how did they influence your third year? Um, so they they weren't actually obviously they were influenced by Bauhaus a lot but none of them were from Bauhaus at all Um, but they um, the I think she is initially an interior designer and he is actually um, part of the architecture background and they came together um, being part of um, interested in art and interesting in design Mm -hmm. and basically they just wanted to challenge that ethos together so for my uh, degree show I decided to create a chair um, and design a chair um, and I self-taught um, and it was bloody difficult, uh, self-taught SolidWorks and CAD and uh, basically decided to design. Initially, my first prototype was to design a chair, which the idea behind it was a chair that could sit in a gallery that we, you would actually think was an invigilated chair, but actually was a piece of artwork. Okay. So someone would sit on it and you could go to a like for instance, white wall space gallery, and someone would sit on this chair in mm-hmm. the gallery, and people would come see, and they would come see what nothing, and they think it was nothing, but actually, it was the chair that that woman was sitting on. Was the art? Was the art? Okay. And also, there's a there's a there's a really great book which is um, uh, building the white wall space, um, and it's published by the White Cube, and um, they. 
the whole book's about basically challenging the white, what a white space is and whether the white space actually starts to become artwork itself or why does it complement an artwork and why, why it does that. Because that, that's so interesting, actually. I've never thought about that because artwork on a white wall, you'd think the artwork is the art. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're getting deep here. We're getting we deep. really are. Because, We're getting deep here. But the Newport Gallery in South London is one of my latest I've never been there. adventures and um, loves. And it's full of white walls, white ceilings, got beautiful atriums, beautiful staircase. Um, we saw, I can't remember the artists, but it was three artists and they all um, took colour on board in a brief. One artist saw colour as sex, so a lot of the artwork was penises and vaginas and what that looks like close up mm. in colour. The other one was like a gradient artist, so he took like yellow and blue and combined it into one in the middle. Um, it was really interesting. I can't remember what the thir- third artist was, but me and Stefan went, it was absolutely amazing but that's really interesting because everything was white apart from the coloured artwork and actually yeah you're right it could have been the white wall and the space that was the art within exactly. so funny how you see yeah. things isn't it in your brain that's crazy well this is what was I found nuts was I think actually the moment when I was like oh hang on a minute take a step back was when I it was the end of my first year and I was um I did an exhibition for my photography and I didn't like it and I got a shit grade for it. But uh, my parents came to see it and I was showing them around and they were like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then I was like, actually, no, look at this door. And I started to look at the space and I looked at this handle, right? A door fucking handle. And I had so much appreciation for this door handle <laughs> rather than actually what was sitting in the white space. Mm. And I was like, Why? And I wanted to know how that door handle was made. It was a brass, like it was a beautiful, very thick piece of brass, which was a handle, but it wasn't your usual handle shape. It was like square Mm -hmm. and it was stunning. Quite rigid. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was like a cube. And I started to think about materials and I started to think about how that was made. And that started to kind of reach out to the maker inside of me and I was like I want to know how things are made yeah you've got to know how things are made if you're going to design it oh yeah absolutely absolutely I I couldn't agree more and I was like actually I'm so much more interested in how this handle is made and how Mm. that is being produced rather than actually this painting on the wall fascinating that's why I went to design okay (laughs) so this chair that you designed that was your final project yeah so my final project was basically a did you make it by hand yeah so I sat in uh, welding I went and visited Danny who was again a lovely lovely tutor of mine um he um he helped me design uh, I designed basically on CAD I designed this um aluminium shape which was um had two sides as a back and a small slot piece at the top where mm-hmm. you could lean your back on mm-hmm. and then obviously there was a square piece in the middle it's actually really hard to describe um but i um designed this piece and then i welded it was it was a piece it was a 64 piece weld wow and i welded um i saw obviously st- i made a shell initially out of steel and st- um did it all together but this is a this is the beautiful thing about working with design and working with art is that if you're making it out of steel you don't have to worry whether it's heavy or clunky or um you know unuser friendly or you can't sit on it but with design you have to think about these things 
it's it's made for mass consumerism it's made for function it's made to made for use mm -hmm. so you can't you can't actually you, with art it can actually be useless yeah absolutely it's, i mean it's I mean, useless in disguise actually because art is very very useful right no absolutely i mean the frank geary story that i love is he you know was really struggling to find inspiration for a, a piece of architecture he crumpled up a piece of paper it's in it's in the simpsons one of the simpsons oh, series yeah. crumpled up a piece of paper and threw it on the desk and looked at it and went actually that's it like I'm going to create, recreate this ball of paper into a building. And that's what he did. And like that piece of paper crumpled up will be in a glass cube somewhere in some gallery. Mm. Uh, you know, the inspiration for a piece of architecture. And, and that's amazing because that's a piece of art in itself. And that would, oh, what that would deem useless to someone walking in, not, you know, oblivious knowing anything about any, anything to do with Frank Geary and his background and be like, oh, but why is, you know, why is there a piece of paper in a boxed cube? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that inspired someone to create a building, which is, which is fascinating. Yeah, it's crazy. But function's really, really important, I think, and in, in, in design in general, um, you know, no matter whether it's Scandinavian, um, even though they're very good at it, or Chinese or Russian design, wherever you are, I think function is really, really, really yeah, important, massively. especially if you want it to be user-friendly and it to be a successful product. Mm. Um, you know, you, you have to be able to hold it or use it or for it to function for a very long time mm. um and that's really interesting what you what you were discussing about your final year you know i'll also ask you you know you speak a lot about design and art and i'm i'm a i don't know if this is like um a background thing but my mum and dad are both designers and i am i'd say i'm a designer and a creative i wouldn't say i'm an artist one of my really, oh, really, really, question. really good friends, Jade, question. is an artist, but she studied design. And I'd say she's a bit of both, but her heart, her soul is with art. She's a watercolorist and she draws beautiful portraits and art pieces of architecture and dogs and cats and everything. Mm. But she draws it. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a beautiful drawer, I will say, <laughs> but I would much prefer to take something and problem solve it or design something or be creative and have a brief I wouldn't say I'm an artist so you've you're really interesting because you've studied a bit of both you've done photography art and product design um you know your boyfriend Matt is a creative and a maker and a designer I'd say I wouldn't say Matt's an artist mm. but you might you might tell me I'm wrong um you know what is your definition or what is the difference in your eyes or is there any difference in art and design I love this question um this, this wasn't planned by the way people I <laughs> that love was that question that was very um, so um on the ball she's she's a great interviewee I have to say that um she I think the reason why you've asked me this question is because um, I don't think you have to define yourself. And I think you want me to define myself, which is a great thing. But um, one of my uh, paragraphs in my dissertation was different people who've defined themselves as different things, being a sculpturist, being a painter, being a photographer, um, and I'm not an artist, I'm not a designer, I'm not a furniture designer, I'm a creative. Okay. Because I don't like to pigeonhole myself. Mm -hmm. I don't like to, I don't like to um, close that book because I, I think as soon as I say to myself I'm an artist, I, I, I'd stop thinking about design. Right. And, and then as soon, yeah. Mm. 
and I need that to play a massive part in my life because mm-hmm. it does and then if I say I'm a designer I start stop thinking about being imaginative and just thinking about silly stuff and I find a lot of the art that I used to do like painting and stuff I ran so much on my emotional side so my art's really emotional and design I find for me is very logistical and very structured would you say you know anyone or you look up to anyone or you know that's been and gone that has done a bit of both and done it really well was it is it the duo I can't yeah, say, I can't say their name but um, is it them Muller I'm probably butchering it Muller van Severin okay um yeah massively is there anyone else uh, Max Bill actually okay um he is a, a student from Bauhaus design um he runs off function versus beauty which is very interesting um and basically I listen to a lot about what he says because he says which I love this theory and it's about something can it be beautiful and also functional mm. and also can something that's functional say so it's, you, you know you've got for instance a car it's functional but is it beautiful who knows mm-hmm. it's each to their own mm-hmm. but is art functional that's that's going to be a forever ending question mm. and whether is art beautiful no one knows like mm. and he he challenges that through specifically industrial design and that will lead me to talk about Dieter Rams who is like I think just one of the most underrated geniuses of all time he worked as a industrial designer for Braun okay um so lots of radios um TVs shavers yeah lots of shavers like uh, kind of your like your very basic functional needs as a as a human um and he um one of his books which I based a lot of my dissertation on was uh, less is more and less is better and I really stand by that that's and, really powerful yeah and um whenever you're designing anything follow the function and the beauty will follow because beauty comes from function and that's what max bill says and that's what dita ram says okay and, and these that, are, i really run with that and these are people that influence you yeah massively okay unfortunately they're all men i wish they were women sorry <laughs> there's one woman there's one woman in the oh, duo yeah. in the duo yeah <laughs> Um, and then, so you graduated and that was your main project, mm. your final project, sorry, the chair. Yeah, so... I made Are you a, proud with that project? Yeah, I am. I, um, I, I made a chair which basically, I, I made it only for functional use. So it had um, interchangeable, it had an interchangeable seat and an interchangeable back. So it, you, could, you could have a wooden seat, even though it was an aluminium shell. You could change the seat so it could be a foam seat, it could be a wooden seat, it could be a metal seat, plastic seat. I made all of these casts out of uh, hand cut all of my own of the bag and the, uh, so you could have an interchangeable set. And the idea that I was running with, running with was that the chair could be, um, basically the chair could become either art or it could become design. Mm. No, I really like that. I really like that concept. Because one of the pieces that I put into the chair was rubber. Mm. And when you sat on that chair, you'd fall through. It didn't actually function as a chair. Right. So but it looked pretty. But it looked like a chair. Mm. So initially that was the, that was the challenge is if you put a ru- the rubber seat on the chair 
and you put it in in a gallery space, it became functionless. Mm. So if something became functionless and in an art gallery, does that make it art? Mm. Or if it was still functional in a gallery, that does that make it not art? Mm. Um, so throughout throughout the uh, degree show, I changed the function of the chair from being functional to function. So you are demonstrating and acting upon the question that you are constantly asking, which is art or design, design or art, function yeah. or non-functional, yeah. beautiful or ugly. Beauty, yeah, beauty, and I, I still, still stand by it, function. Beauty will follow from function. <gasps> oh, I'm learning so much, mm. so, so much. Um, and so you obviously graduated and we're still in London. Is there anyone, you know, particularly on a daily basis that inspires you? Do you do anything on the weekend with anyone that inspires you? Or do you have, do you have a dream that you'd like to discuss or kind of what your thoughts are going forward? Um, well, obviously working at Tala at the minute, um, as just part of the studio team, but initially, kind of life, lifetime, lifelong goal, and um, someone who inspires me is definitely my boyfriend Matt. Um, he's a he did the same degree as me, so he did photography. But I started. We met each other when I was doing my degree show. So, um, and he started kind of bouncing off me. We started bouncing off the same ideas, and he started making. Um, we started making furniture together. Making furniture together. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, we uh, one of the projects that we did last year was actually uh, we moved into our house in Bow, and we decided to basically cut our room out with all the stuff that we wanted, the stuff that worked with us. That's one of the things that we always struggled with: is why would we go buy something that wasn't actually didn't fit our room? Because mm -hmm. every room is different. Like you said, you you go, you walk into a room, and you say. It's it's this measurement. I want to move the door here. I want to move this. I was yeah. like, well, why don't we make everything bespoke? Yeah. Why shouldn't it be bespoke? Should we, like we're all different heights. We're all different human beings. We all have different hand size. Yeah. So why would we make drawers that are bigger than our hands, or why would we make a height of a desk taller than our legs are? Yeah. Let's make everything tailor made to us. Because why would we not? But that that's a big ask, and that that takes time. Would oh, yeah. you would you say what have you made then to explain so, to our audience what you've already made together? So we we made a desk together, which was actually initially inspired heavily inspired actually by Donald Judd, who again runs off that mm -hmm. fu functionality. I've heard of him and uh, like kind of really serious stripped back design. So um, and he again challenges the fact that design can become art, and he works a lot with a lot of woods. Okay. Um, and we started work obviously I was a metal work uh, and Matt was more kind of carpentry so we started working together a little bit like that and then um, we designed a, a table uh, table desk so uh, it's very open it's uh, all made from um, birch ply um, and it uh, has it's, none of it has drawers because we we didn't like the fact that you would have handles because we thought it was fussy. Mm -hmm. We didn't like the fact um, if you had cabinets or anything that would pull out and make things. We wanted everything to be exposed. We wanted everybody to see everything. Yeah, and I mean, everyone's got their own style as well. There's always something, you know, you go to Habitat or House in Victoria Park or even Ikea and you're like oh I wish it had this though oh I wish it was this height though oh it just needed to be a little bit longer I know or, every oh, time. I wish it had this I wish it had that and I I love I absolutely love the fact that you make your own 
you know, inventions. Yeah. yeah. Can you just briefly describe to me how you and Matt, you know, you work together? Does someone draw it first? Does someone rip out an article from a magazine and go, I really love that, but I really love that. And I really love that. I'm a massive fan of a mood board. God, oh, save me we've a got, mood board. We've got a little, um, um, we've got a cork board in our cork bedroom. Cork board. Which is actually above our bed, surprisingly. I think okay. it just, I don't know why. It just okay. sits there. Um, and we just print out things that we like. Okay, so you do. You print yeah. it out, you lay it out, you talk. Okay, yeah, we talk about it. We do you have a dispute? Oh, yeah, all the time. Over materials yeah, or methods or size yeah, or what? Yeah, different tastes. Yeah. Okay, okay. 100%. Like, and how do you overcome those? Who makes the decisions in, in, that, in that way? Not in your relationship, but in the making and the kind of material and the method. Who well, would you say overrides one another? Matt, I think, Matt close your ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think initially... Uh, Matt will I will come up with uh, the need mm-hmm. so to speak so I, I need this right give me it now darling <laughs> I, ne- I need this thing yeah. <laughs> and I need you to make it for me <laughs> um, and then Matt will say well, we can do it like this this and this and then I'll say, yeah, but I need it to be like this, this and this. Okay, so you, ba- you do bounce off each yeah, other. Yeah, massively. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll come up with hurdles in the way, but like, for instance, um, obviously we made the desk in our room, but mm-hmm. um, the chair I made's in my room. Um, Matt made a stool for his desk in the room, which we made out of jesmonite, which is a wicked material. Um, What's been your favourite thing you've made together, big or small? Um, is my dressing table, which I'm dying for you to see. Wow, I can't believe you've made a dressing table. Yeah, I mean, what we did last summer. It's our project last summer. And, and do you set projects with each other? You know, how long have you been together now? Three years. Okay, so, you know, how how do you go on to the next object? Obviously, you say that you say you want something, but do you set goals for each other? You know, do you always have, are you always working on a project or looking forward to making the next thing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the last, the last thing we made was the dressing table. Okay. And that was last year, last summer. So, and we've got to a point in our bedroom where we're like, oh, this is kind of uh, the end of the end of the bedroom. Like, what do we do now? Do we do we start do we start designing furniture for like other people, mm. or do we start designing do we start designing more furniture? Like, what do we do now? It's mm. like it's always been based on a need. Mm-hmm. Do you ask other people's feedback? Like, you know, obviously it's it's your want, and then Matt helps you get there, and you work on it together, and you build it together, and then it's in your room, and you guys live in that room. You guys see that. Have you ever actually shown someone else and been like, "Would you like that?" or you know if I made four would you buy one like what's the next big step obviously your room is only so big your house is only so big what what's well this is the thing I think that probably is the next step okay that is very exciting I think that is the next step we need to start building a base for things right and then start actually pushing that out there and seeing if actually people want it yeah, I think that would be an amazing thing, starting with me. When am I coming over? <laughs> Next week, kind of. Um, so Matt really inspires you. Does anyone else really inspire you? There is Elise Crawford. Mm. Do you know her? I've heard of her. Yeah. Um, she is um, an interior designer. Yeah. Um, and she basically, I, I, what inspired me about her was because she wrote a book and basically it was about the senses mm. and it's about the senses about when you walk into a room and what you should feel what you feel yeah what I've heard should, about this what's the first thing that you see yeah what's the first thing that you feel smell what's the first thing that you smell mm. what's the first thing that you hear mm. or and, think of uh, yeah mm. and what, what makes you relate to that room what makes you relate to that space or that you know what design object do you see and go 
pow, pow, pow. I love that, love that. Um, and I watched a Netflix documentary on Elise Crawford, which is part of, uh, yes. part of their design series. That's how I've seen it. That's yes, how I've you've seen, seen it. it. Yes, definitely yes, seen it. Yes, yes, um, yes. Uh, there was just a quick kind of interview about her and what she did. And she initially, she started as um, an interior designer. She worked in a restaurant, which I really liked because she's just, you know, born and bred, workaholic, a bit like me, really. Mm-hmm. Um and she just started falling in love with spaces, falling in love with products and design and how to create a space uh, lived in and a, a part of someone and how to transform indoor spaces, which I think is very interesting. Mm. And they're um, constantly asking questions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, problem solving. But I think that's that's also a bit of you and a, and a bit of me. And, you know, going back to what you'd say about, you know, my question about are you art, are you design, you know, stop trying to pigeonhole yourself. I'm still trying to get out of a hole of pigeonholing myself. You know, yeah. when I was very young, I always wanted to be an architect. I wanted to be the next Zaha Hadid, the next big female powerhouse architect mm. in however many years that would come. Um, and actually, as I'm getting older, I'm realising that it's not always about that it's not always about being one thing it's not always about um you know channeling that one dream it is for sure and if you know that that's what you want to do forever that is what you that's what you'll do but I think that as we get older and as you know you live in we live in a city we live in uh, a world of opportunity where a lot of things are at our fingertips you can do a bit of everything and that's okay and I feel like even Elise you know working in a restaurant and you know being but then going on to being a designer I think that's mm where you've come from you know you've done a little bit of everything you've chosen a topic like photography then you've fallen out of love with it you've chosen furniture you stick to furniture um but who knows what we're all going to be doing in two to three years time and I think that's really Mm. exciting um how would you like to end this podcast what would you like to say to the audience that could actually be at Camberwell right now could be going into uh, you know your your teacher's lecture or your teacher's tutor or talking to their mum or dad or sister about what they want to do or reading about Bauhaus and being like oh, this really excites me mm. what would you say to your younger self or what would you like to tell the audience about um, the decisions you've made so far and following your gut which you've explained to us in beautiful stories today any advice for the listeners and for me um I would say, and I wish I could say this to my uh, 18-year-old self, is no pressure. <laughs> really nice. Just no pressure. It's, like, it's all, it's all going to work out, and it's all going to work out the way it's meant to be. So just do what you like. And would you give any kind of book advice or exhibition advice or designer advice? I'm sure that many people will pause and Google the amount of books that you've mentioned in this podcast and designers and artists. Yeah, I feel like we should, uh, you should do like a little, like a drop down, like a comments bar and I'll I'll, I'll, uh, do, I'll do my top 10 reads. Absolutely, I'd love you to do that. Can you send it to me first? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Top top 10 reads, I'll do my top 10 novels and I'll do my top 10 uh, design books. I'd love that. I'd and number that. one is Central Home by Elise Crawford, 100%. Okay. She'll make you want to throw everything away. Everyone. And rethink about everything that you buy. And that's one other thing I'd tell you is have a look around the room that you're sitting in. Do you like everything in your room? Everything. I'm talking about even the bit of fluff on the floor. <laughs> Do you like every single object? If you don't, why is it there? You should like 
everything you buy. You should love everything you buy and you should be really attached to everything. Even if you have five objects that you love, that's okay. You don't have to have a thousand objects that you love, but make sure the color on your walls is the color that you love or the carpet is the color that you love. You need to like everything that you've got, I think. And that's what makes a good home. So what makes a good home, what makes a good brain? I think, yeah, I've, I've really learned a lot from this conversation. I really hope you guys have as well. Um, yeah, Vic, thank you so, so, so much for coming on to this podcast. That's okay. I've for- really enjoyed it. I feel like, um, yeah, a bit nervous at the beginning, but I've actually really got into it and I don't want it to end now. <laughs> <laughs> Four months of friendship feels like four years. Obviously, I'd love this to be um, a ritual on my podcast. I'm going to do some quick fire questions. Here we go. Swedish or British? Londoner. (laughs) Yeah, you heard that. (laughs) Okay, salt or pepper? Salt, every day. (laughs) Love that shit. Okay. Skinny jeans or ripped at the hem jeans? Ripped at the hem. Grungy as fuck. (laughs) Love it. I love a skinny though. But hem. Bauhaus or Brutalist? Bauhaus. Concrete or plastic? Oh, concrete. (laughs) Concrete or resin? Concrete. Concrete or leather? Concrete. Concrete or paper? Concrete. Okay, concrete. Um, (laughs) Dogs or cats? Dogs. Blonde or brunette? Blonde. Come on now, don't be silly. (laughs) Have more fun. Last, last and final question: chocolate or cheese? Oh my god, why would you do that? <laughs> chocolate. No way, really. Yeah. I'm such a cheese human. But no, but please, just because I'm choosing chocolate does not mean I don't like cheese. <laughs> they are my that if someone said to me, What's your two favourite things on the entire planet? Uh chocolate and cheese. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to leave it at that, people. Um, Vic, again, thank you so, so much for coming on to my second episode. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm so excited to share your story and your thought process and your beautiful way of speaking um, to my audience. Um, Please, guys, again, if you want to reach Vicky or ask her what her 10 favourite Bauhaus designers, books, films, or kind of just anything in general, really, you can reach her on Instagram at... Uh, it's Victoria Winter, but without an A. So V-I-C-T-O-R-I and then W-I-N-T-E-R. So it's Victoria, Victorie. Victorie. And then Victoria. winter like the season. Cute. Um, and obviously you can <laughs> reach me on my Instagram at Izzy Ryder. And um, yeah, tune in, rate this podcast and leave me a little comment in the description below. And again, yeah, thank you so much for clicking. I really appreciate everyone that's listening um, up for any feedback or praise or um, yeah, just good vibes in general, really. I'll leave um, some exhibitions and books and things like Victoria said in the description um by all means take a read and feel inspired and again um follow your dreams follow your gut and don't worry about the decisions you're making because you're making them for a reason don't worry about the decisions because it's all going to be okay (laughs) amen sister again Vic thank you it's been a pleasure yeah absolutely I loved every bit
Lovely. Let's go have some cheese. <laughs> yeah, we've got actually and a massive chocolate. cheese. No, I'm not chocolate. I'm not eating anything chocolate. I've got um, chocolate. We've got bag. a massive cheese platter that we're we're going to dive into now from MS. Again, not sponsored by MS, but thanks, MS. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. See you later. <laughs>